Hello, my name is Brandon Boat, and you're listening to the Theater of Public Policy podcast. These interviews were recorded from the 13th season of our live show at the Bryan Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. Every show features an interview on an important issue, and then an improv comedy performance based on that interview. You're listening to just the interview from one of those shows. We'd also like to thank our media sponsor, MinPost, which provides reader-supported news and analysis. You can check them out at www.minpost.com. This episode talks about the past, present, and future of grocery stores in the metro region of Minnesota. Our guest was Dan DeBon, who is a reporter at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. His focus is on the retail, restaurant, and automotive industries in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro. I hope you enjoy the show. So, thank you so much for oh, being here. Thanks for here. having me. Yeah, exciting this is, stuff. This is very exciting. You're the yeah. season finale. Oh this my is gosh. very exciting. You know, I had no idea. The, you know, it's just kind of a big surprise yeah, you're on stage here. You'll, but but yeah. you're part of the big closing number at yeah. the end. So Talking about grocery, ready. I never thought I'd do this in front of an audience, but uh, happy to be here. Yeah, so, uh, so thank you so much. So, as I said, you know, we're talking about grocery stores. And I should do as a preface, and we talked a little bit about this downstairs. I grew up in Florida where we have a grocery store, basically. We have Publix. <laughs> and it's like, it's nobody ever questions that, because Publix is pretty good. Like, you basically have everything that you need at Publix. Nobody ever thinks like, oh, should I go to the Publix and then the Lunds yeah, and then yeah, the local right. co-op or something like that? It has everything like you need there. Yeah. And yeah. so then I, when I moved to the Twin Cities many years ago now, I was like, what? What can't wait? Can't we just decide on a grocery store? Like, why why do we need all of these different grocery stores? And so I'm curious, just sort of, and I asked you this previously, but is the Twin Cities weird in that we have all of these different these Lunds, Kowalskis, local places, co-ops, these different things, or is Florida weird in that it has like? Publix. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the Twin Cities is very unique because we have, like you said, there's so many grocery players here in town. Some of them are local, and then we're seeing these nationally, these other outside players coming in. Of course, the big one is High V recently. Everybody's going bonkers about High V. It's the big trend right now. Wow, that we was have, that. I don't know what that response was. We have was, some but... boos and hisses about High V here. All right. <laughs> But, I mean, of course, there's, like, local staples, like Kowalski's, Target's, you name it. Uh, I mean, they've been – and I think that the Twin Cities is unique in the fact that there's so much competition. And everybody's growing right now or either growing or putting money into their stores. Kowalski's all of a sudden, they've, they've, you know, opened their stores and they're feeling pretty established in the area. Kowalski's is now moving into like, okay, we're going to change everything. We're going to start opening 10,000 square foot stores just like everybody else. I don't have a a good gauge. Is 10,000... Like, what are the sizes? Like, give me a size. Like a Sure. So, like, a typical high, uh, high V boo hiss uh, is about 90,000 square feet. That's, you know. Wow. The, um, Kowalski's. <laughs> are we just booing sizes now? <laughs> I don't it's not. I, it's not their fault they're that big. Well, it is. But um... a, a typical Kowalski's is actually about 30,000 square feet. Okay, and so 10,000 right is small. Yeah, then. that's very small. They're, they're, they're looking at flex format, so it could be like, you know, 10 to 20,000 square feet. Why, but, why, yeah. why small store? It's like they're just like, oh, we don't need grains. I, <laughs> <laughs> what we're seeing is that with the growth of these, these large chains like the hy and you could also lump in Targets, Walmarts, or the Super Centers. 
a lot of people are going or a lot of players companies are going to this very specific small format locally focused kind of almost a co-op model where you, you see this with target right now not just for their grocery but for their whole stores where they're like okay we'll do a smaller target store and we'll tweak our grocery assortment for the area where it's like in new york city for example if we open a small format store there it'll be very touristy sort of grab and go like you can get like your new york style whatever and you can tweak that they also have small format stores in like dinky town and uptown those can be tweaked for more student populations and younger crowds who are looking for something that well, that's is quick and easy so they what small format gives you an ability to tweak your product assortment for that specific market and you can say like oh this market probably likes you know whole wheats you know or grain products we'll put more of that in there or they want more prepared foods in this city we can tweak that small format store to have that assortment and so you say everybody basically in the twin cities is growing or trying or you know investing attempting to to. (laughs) so why why now right like i i mean i know the minneapolis is growing minnesota is growing to some degree but uh, as you say, we have a lot of them. It seems weird that they're all growing at the same time, doesn't it? Or it, it is, and uh, I, I don't want to give High V too much credit, but I think that they were the. the I think they entered in 2015, and they were kind of the new shiny player, and their entry really made it. It was an eye opener for a lot of chains here locally. Like we need to open new locations to compete with High V, or we need to put money into our locations to remodel our stores to make them more attractive. Especially Cub Foods. Cub Foods was it's really vulnerable to High V right now. High V is kind of a similar size, you know, kind of all for one grocery store. So Cub Foods is all the oh crap, we our stores are not as nice as High V's. We need to like reinvest in them. So they're pouring millions of dollars into revamping a lot of stores here to compete more directly with High V. I think the new market entries are continuing innovation in grocery store technology amazon's acquisition of whole foods they may i think they have seven locations here locally but it's moves like that that like everybody's realizing and now they're like we need to open more spots to make sure that we're still the grocery store that people turn to because most of the time at least if you're like me i think most of the people i've talked with the grocery store you're most likely to go to or the grocery stores you're most likely to go to are the ones that are closest to you so I think that's fueling the continued growth to yeah. make sure that you're that go-to player nearby well, the population. And, and I, I want to ask a question about that, but just, again, to try and put it into some historic uh, context, is this a unique moment where we have this many? Or, as I, I teased in sort of like some of the promos for this show, we used to have other types of stores. We had like Red Owl and some of these other places. Is it that some of it just comes and goes? Or is it that right now we actually have lots more there's more diversity uh, you know i don't know the specific number of how many grocery chains or companies we had back in the day but i think it'd be safe to assume that we definitely have a lot more compared to you know maybe 10 20 years ago of course when i was growing up the big player was rainbow foods and you can see what happened with them lately what did I mean, happen with <laughs> rainbow foods not a follow-up question okay, uh, funny part like i didn't know that there were actually i think there's two rainbow foods still open there was three and i think there's one in st paul that's going away but i think there's still a couple left i didn't even know that two of them still existed but right. yeah, yeah that's i mean because i rainbow what when i moved to the twin cities about a decade ago they were everywhere and now like you said i there's sort of two, and they're sad. Yeah. Uh, so what? <laughs> I don't know what happened. I think that increased competition, and we're going to probably see that in the near future in the Twin Cities market, with growing competition, 
you're going to see one of the big players fall in the near future or cut store counts or somebody's going to have to really drastically reduce the amount of properties that they have. That's probably going to come with, and that's probably what happened with Rainbow. I think I can't remember when all these chains entered, but increased competition. You know, whenever you get these shiny new players, people are really attracted to, you know, like the new kid in town, the high V right now, or, you know. That seems so yeah. weird to me that, like, the people are like, ooh, the shiny new grocer. <laughs> like, yeah, you uh, know, they have most of the same things. Like, it's not like yeah. incredible but i mean so is uh, and uh, you cover this so i'm curious yeah. like when uh, when a, a high v or you know uh, a fresh time which we talked about a little bit uh, is uh coming into town how much of it is like a rollout like hey like we're gonna have a razzle dazzle all our people are gonna wear gold sequins and like do <laughs> tap dances when they check you out like it gotta come see this. It's gonna be crazy. Like something will explode while you're here. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's part of it. Like I, I, I can't believe. Like I'll go to parties, and I'm this type of person at parties. Like you know, like where do you go grocery shopping? And people are like, oh, I go to Fresh Time. I'm like, well, why? They're like, well, it just opened recently in my town, and I've never been to a Fresh Time before, and they have really low prices on produce. It's just, I think it's just this factor of like you know. High V is another one where people, I think it's still lasting right now, but they're the new player in a lot of cities in the Twin Cities metro, and people are going there like, oh my gosh, like they have like a counter where you can like have like freshly made foods and like the pasta, and you can like carry it out with you and it's prepared. I'm like, well, like, you know, Lunds and Byerly, like, that's not a new thing to grocery. Like, you're just going to the new grocer, and it so happens to have that convenience there. So what's going through, again, because you talk to these folks who are uh, running these stores or increasing the number of stores that they have. What's going through their head when they are thinking, like, you know what the Twin Cities really needs right now in the grocery market? And then they do it. I, I mean, yeah. what... How are they figuring that out or thinking about that? I, I think they go with general consumer trends, which, I mean, we're seeing a lot of you, people. You, you hear it all the time. But people are more t- time constrained. They like meals on the go. They like either something they can microwave really quickly or something, that, a meal that's pre-prepared for them where they can, like, you know, like, oh, well, here's this meal kit. I can just take it home and I can cook for my family. I think Cub Foods was the one that unveiled, like, you know, they're increasing their meal prepare or prepared meals kits recently. Um, but they're kind of just looking at the market and it's all screaming convenience right now. Oh, really? uh, Target, of course, is doing like here locally that curbside pickup where you can just like you can like on your smartphone pick out. I think it, they only do like prepared foods, but you can like get like a box of pasta or something and you can just pull up your car and they'll bring it right to your car. So then you're seeing like I, I think London Biolis has done that for quite some time just now. Quick yeah. follow. Is this the death of civilization? <laughs> <laughs> Where we're all going to be like in like, I don't know, the, the Wall-E movie where everyone's yeah. in their chair and exactly. just, everything's right to them. I, I, I don't know. And then we see everybody's just losing their mind. That's fine. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, good. Well, we have that on the record. I mean, I, I, I told my cast before the show, and I don't know if this is true of anyone, my mother loves grocery shopping. Like, she would go for an hour every day to grocery shop if she could. It sounds like what you're saying is that she's weird. And I, I don't know. That's, that's shocking. There, there's a couple trends that I'm noticing. One is that people just don't want to go to the store and they want their food like either delivered to them. They want it very quickly. You're going to see that continue. I, I think Coburn's Delivers is done very they're, – they're based in St. Cloud, if I remember correctly, but they're doing quite well in the Twin Cities market right now and, you know, expanding their base. But um, 
Target's doing that, and they're, I think they're, they're a little late to the party almost. Walmart's been doing that for quite some time with right. their pickup. They're a big, surprisingly, they're a huge grocery player. These convenience stores are now these huge grocery players. And so that. we talked about a couple of the motivations maybe that bring people in. So one might be like that they're new and you want to check them out. Uh, one might be uh, that it's convenient and you want the convenient stuff that they have. I mean, it also seems to me it, it, when you shop at different – that they are – they're very much targeting like different sort of strata of socioeconomic status potentially, right? Like a lot of Byerly's is like, oh, we're gonna be like the nice place where you shop on like shag carpeting and like there's <laughs> there's a man with white gloves that picks your cans for you and puts them into your cart or something. I mean, is that is that do they think about it that way too? Like we are targeting like the rich people demographic and we'll take the rest or something. <laughs> there, there's certainly uh, on the high tier and the low tier, there's growing competition in those areas. And you're kind of finding this middle ground where grocers are struggling to find their identity. Cub foods is one of those. I love like, them trying just to like find the their ground. identity. Yeah, like, they're like... in college right now. They don't know what they want. Uh, <laughs> But I think Aldi, of course, like the lower price tier, like Aldi is really trying to advertise itself or, you know, the, the, you, you go to an Aldi and it's really low prices. That's the appeal. You don't go to Aldi for the store experience. I've been to an Aldi before. And it's like, you know, it's just jam packed. The aisles are really small, but the prices, then you check out and you're like, oh, OK, that's why I shopped at Aldi. But you said they're they're in, they're investing in their stores, too. Oh, yeah. Heavily, yeah. Right? Aldi's investing billions of dollars to reinvest in its stores in the, in the United States and here locally, actually. What does that what would that mean? Like, <laughs> so they're they're kind of they're adding a little, I don't know, like a few centimeters in between their aisles or something to give you more space. <laughs> they're revamping the look of their stores, but they're they're really trying to, you know, compete more with the middle market grocers, I'd say like Cub Foods, for example, here locally, for an example. And I, I think Lidl is the, if you've read, that's the, Lidl. another, yeah, Lidl's another I think, year. Wait, is, is it German? Is it Lidl? Yeah, I believe Lidl? a Lidl, Lidl. I think it's Lidl, but that's my guess. A Lidl <laughs> is what you take soup out of a bowl with. <laughs> but uh, they're not here yet, but uh, they've, they've just, I think it was just earlier this year, they opened up some stores on the East Coast and they're another European, very Aldi-like, you know, very cheap very small store come shop here and i think aldi realized i'm like oh crap we should like put money into our stores because we're gonna have to compete directly with them and i think it's a matter of time they are not looking for real estate properties in minnesota yet but they're slowly creeping westward it's kind of almost a matter of time at this point it seems so uh, i mean we kind of touched on this but like I, if you were to try and put it into some sort of numbers, like what percentage of the grocery store market is about you have, we haven't actually talked about whether any of these places have good food or not. Uh, <laughs> like, does that matter? Like, could I open a really cool, flashy, like grocery and just like be like, Hey kids, like it's really convenient and it's brand new. It's really stuff that like cub throughout yesterday, but I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> At the end of the day, people are going to be walking out of your store with food in their cards. So, of course, that's going to be important. But what we're noticing more and more, and this is the retail part of my reporting coming out right here, is in the Amazon and online shopping day where you can, if you want, get your groceries delivered right to your front doorstep. A lot of people are looking for that experience. Or if they want to shop at a Lunza Byerly's or a Kowalski's, like you mentioned, the, the little carpets or the fancy-looking employee who can carve your meat for you. Yeah. That's For people who have a lot of disposable income, that becomes a lot more attractive to them to go to the store and be like, oh, okay, I can get some, kind of this customized experience 
that's the market that they want to draw from because that's the same person that can afford online delivery or you know somebody to bring their grocery right to their front doorstep. So, so let's talk about it. Amazon bought Whole Foods recently, right? So uh, is that just? I, I feel like when that story came out, I re- the headlines were all just like end game, like uh, grocery stores, grocery Armageddon. Yeah, exactly. Like you have five years, uh, pack your bags because now Amazon and yeah. Whole Foods are going to literally. <laughs> Eat your lunch and then serve it to someone else. It's a true story. I called a I called a expert or an analyst who follows Target specifically, and I asked him, like, you know, this is like the day after an Amazon announced its acquisition. I'm like, what do you think about this for Target? And he's like, if Target doesn't adjust its strategy, look out below. And then he just stopped talking, and I was like, all right, that's a good quote for a story, but yeah, is it really that bad? Why is I mean, it why is it that bad, or why is it that much of a shakeup? Specifically for somebody like Target, or like Target, kind of draws from a similar demographic. They they were a big concern. Kowalski's, Lunds, and Byerly's may also be impacted, where they share like a. T- similar consumer who may also shop at Whole Foods and everybody's wondering if Whole Foods is going to, and so far they have, they've started to try to lower price points on certain items and kind of mix and match to draw people in. And then all of a sudden, you know, they introduce Amazon products into the stores. I don't know if that's happening here locally. I haven't been to a Whole Foods lately, but I know at some stores they're putting like Amazon, you know, the, the, what are they called? The uh, Alexas and stuff at like checkout. So you can get your, your can of soup and then you can get your Amazon Alexa to order it for you next time. So there, Jim is just shaking his head behind you, just like <laughs> this is the day and age we live in in grocery now. <laughs> yeah, and and so and that is you know problematic for these other places because we are all going to eventually just be the Wally characters that just like press a button, press yeah. the Amazon button, or say Alexa, bring me more Cheerios. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of milk today. Like you know, just hand deliver it to me, please. I think that was the big fear. But are we seeing? Uh, it's pretty initial at this point, yeah. so who knows what the impact will be a year or five years down the line. But I think that it's not, you know, it's not going to be grocery Armageddon because the fact remains that, you know, me and most people that I talk with still want to go to an actual store to pick out your bananas or specifically your fresh produce. Like I could see maybe like boxes of spaghetti and stuff that won't spoil, but a majority of people are still going to want to actually physically see their raspberries or whatever before they pick them out. So there's going to be that opportunity. It's just a matter of how much Amazon can leverage these Whole Foods locations. The big thing that I think they'll probably do is use them as these distribution centers or a way to like you know expand their delivery capabilities and compete more directly that way in how, the convenient area. So you, uh, we talked about uh, Target in a very negative way already, but I, I'm just uh, <laughs> Target just introduced sort of a grocery part just in the last like three to five years or so, not that long. And, and I'm curious, like, how, how's that going for them, right? Like, I mean, because that was sort of a weird thing at the time, like, oh, Target, where people are used to maybe going for shopping for clothes and candles and um, Post-its. And home decor. Yeah, yeah, and now they're going to buy bananas. Um, yeah. And so is, does that marriage work? Yes and no. A lot of uh, experts and analysts I've talked with are very frustrated with Target and their grocery business right Target, now. Target, oh, like, oh, you disappoint me. But that's exactly it. I talk with these, like, you know, these analysts, and they're like, well, they just Target. They, they always say, and you, you can kind of almost agree with it. Target doesn't quite have a grocery identity yet. Where, like, you know, you go to Aldi where you want some really good deals and you can save some money, or you want to go to a Lunds and Byerly's, you can get some really good fresh produce. Like, Target doesn't have a specific grocery draw to it yet. Is and a lot of them are just like there's no strategy outlined for Target's grocery. They don't know what they're doing. And Target's 
Grocery is a big deal for Target simply because it draws people into their stores and it's foot traffic. And then their hope is like, oh, you bought some bananas? Well, why not buy a T-shirt? Like, you know how Target works. You go there and you want to buy one thing and then you buy 50 things and you're in debt $50, you know. But... um, Are you in debt $50? Like, (laughs) I really hope that the journal pays better than that where you're like, oh, God, I bought that T-shirt. No more bananas this month. Kind Uh, of a side tangent. Have you ever had a situation where you end up going to Target like four times in a weekend or like a store and you're like, oh, well, I just went there, but I forgot like laundry detergent. Like, oh, there again. Yeah. That was my last weekend. I'm like, I can't go. I can't keep doing this. Like, I need to start going to different stores now. Yeah. So they don't recognize you. to one store. Yeah. Yeah, The employees are starting to recognize me. Yeah. But no, Target needs to kind of, and you're kind of seeing, I think, Target's future focus. They actually brought on a Kroger executive named Jeff Burt. They brought in, like, this big player from this big grocery company to kind of refocus. And I haven't heard a peep from him ever since they made the announcement. And I think they're starting to kind of tweak it. If you go to one of Target's, like, newly opened or remodeled stores, they're really trying to be this healthy produce, kind of organic, kind of, but not really. Like, you could go to Trader Joe's and maybe get more selection, but they're putting their produce more out front and center and trying to emphasize healthy selections. Because the typical Target demographic, it's, you know... It's all over the place, but middle-aged, you know, soccer moms are probably Target's main core audience, so they're trying to appeal to that and with organic foods and salads and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I should say, in the second half of the show, we open up for you all to ask questions. But what uh, one last piece I'll ask you about, which I'm curious, is uh, you we you said uh, Super Value, you know, came in kind of strong in like 2015, but they're slowing down. Uh, in oh, uh, high V or high V, sorry, sure, high yeah. V, yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious, wh- why are they slowing down? I, I mean, I've heard some people argue, do we not have, you know, we have very low unemployment here in the Twin Cities. Is is that part of it? Do we have a worker shortage for some of this, or is there something else? That very well could be a part of it, because you hear it, you know, my coverage of restaurants, retail, I mean, the conversation's all the same, is everybody is desperate for workers right now and it's a good economy overall so it's almost a good problem to have but like people aren't quite looking for the part-time or you know the the retail jobs as much as they would have like you know five six years ago so there's this labor shortage and people aren't able to find enough employees Hy-Vee's interesting because I think it was just last month when they announced like they had this plan for a center out in Austin where they wanted to really, you know, kind of revamp or, you know, have this center in Minnesota. And then they said, never mind, we're not going to put it there. Oh, and by the Was way... Was that their press release? Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. But then, like, the big part, the second part of it is, like, we're starting to focus on a new small format, you know, high V. Which is very odd to me because Hy-Vee is known as these 90,000, you know, we have everything sort of grocery yeah. store. And now all of a sudden, Hy-Vee is joining the party and they're like, we're going to open these really focused. They could be 10 to 20,000 square feet more convenience, tweaked neighborhood, small format grocery stores. So one has to wonder if they're maybe it's just a case where they get into the Twin Cities market and they realize, oh, crap, I didn't know that there were like 50 players here and 50 different types of grocery stores that people could choose from. Oh, my gosh. I love the idea that they just were like, oh, we should have done research before. (laughs) I'm sure they did. But Uh, we should have read the journal like and then we we should have opened all these stores. They're all huge. And and it's worth noting that they still have last time I checked six stores in the pipeline for And these are like the typical IVs, but it's sounds like they're kind of pulling back a little bit one can speculate what that means i mean i've heard everything from analysts to like maybe they could get bought out from somebody and they're like well let's put the brakes on this while we negotiate that i don't i don't know who that could be that's just fear 
speculation at this point. Are you in the market? Are you looking to buy like oh, any yeah, massive you know. grocery change? <laughs> I got plenty that, of, yeah, you know that business journal. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. That'll really uh, put yeah. your banana budget yeah, back. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I'm in active talks with hy V right now. Wow, <laughs> that's good. All right, well, we broke some news. Uh, and we're going to bring uh, our guest back in the second half of the show. But for right now, please, a big round of applause. Stand up on, yay! All right, if you have a question, please raise your hand and I will come towards you in a non-threatening manner with a microphone. A uh, question about the grocery business. We live in North Minneapolis and there are pretty much no grocery stores. Can you comment? <laughs> that is a great question. Yeah, there's that, uh, that co-op that's just, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's opening somewhat soon. It, it opened. So, yeah. I, but this has been it, uh, we have this term food desert of course right yeah. and so what what counts for that like how does the sort of because grocery stores and we haven't we've talked a lot about the retail side of them they also serve a very like basic human need of just sort of like access to regular produce and and healthy foods and whatnot so i'm wondering where that intersection happens well, what we're noticing, and yes, Food Desert, despite the fact that there's this ever-increasing competition in the Twin Cities market, and there's so many grocers, there's still Food Deserts here locally. Like, I'm surprised to find, like, you know, there was an, like, in Southeast Minneapolis, even, there was this development by Oppidan where they said that they were in a Food Desert and they were going to put a grocer there, and that surprised me. I think that what we're noticing from new players is that for some reason or another, and I can't get into the mind or you know tell you what the company's thinking, but they're targeting the outer rings or the suburbs or their more affluent communities. And I'm not sure, well, I, I know why that is, but it seems like Hy-Vee in particular is, you know, they haven't really gone, yeah, Buhis. They, they haven't gone into the city yet. For some reason, they're kind of surrounding the Twin Cities metro. It, what's that? Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, unfortunately, and I think that what I would hope is that we can continue. A lot of people wonder how the co-ops can do or how the local grocer can do in the in the age where the high V's and the Amazons are buying the Whole Foods and there are these big players. I think that they can succeed. And I think that you need to have that community element to succeed. And I'd like to see that more in the cities because if you can have a system where the co-ops do quite well because, you know, there's a membership and you there's almost this community element that kind of comes along with it that you're not going to get at a Hy-Vee or a Target or whatever the case may be. I think that that's the key to the future, to serving these food deserts, to seeing if these local players can rise up and they can, you know, and the cities can work with them to make that happen. I think that that's the future. Okay, I had a Well, so I was thinking about the local, it seems like there's a new farmer's market on every corner every summer, and that's really growing, and the, the co-ops are really big, and so I just wonder about the discrepancy between the local and the huge ones, and I also want to say that my friends from Iowa use shoppers at Hy-Vee as slang for lesbians. Now all of a sudden you feel bad about Wait, crapping really? Are on Are you saying I could like look this up on Urban Dictionary and there might be something there? Like I've never that I've never put that into Hy-Vee. She's a shopper at Hy-Vee. <laughs> wow, I have never heard that. Okay, well, uh, my grandmother shopped no, no, at Hy-Vee. I don't know if I'll use that in my in my stories in the future, but <laughs> so okay, so get, getting get, back the to the original farmers question, markets yeah. and co-ops. Yeah. Um, 
I guess to expand, you mentioned seeing a farmer's market pop up everywhere. I think that that's a growing trend. Farmer's markets in particular match up really well with a couple of things that are really popular and people are really looking for. Number one, they're usually local. It's a place where people can find local produce and they can get that connection to the farmer and they can, you know, see where their food's coming from. People really like that. And there's, again, that community feel that kind of comes along with the farmer's market playing along with that where, you know, you, you, you almost feel really good shopping at a farmer's market because you can talk with the, you know, the farmer and you can bring at home and say, you know, my mom never brags about going to the grocery store, but she will if she goes to a farmer's market. And I think that there's something to that. And we're seeing a lot of that grow into these food courts and food, well, not food courts, food, food halls is what I'm looking for. An example, I mean, you, you've got Midtown Global Market. There's another one proposed for Prospect Park, Minneapolis. A lot of people really dig the idea of going to this food hall or farmer's market-like thing where they can pick out their produce and they can get a lot of different products from local players all in one place. Um, Chef Tim McKee actually going into my restaurant beat, but in St. Paul, he opened um, Octo Fish Bar in uh, Lower Town, St. Paul. But part of that is also there's there's essentially this farmer's market grocery element to it where they also have a fish market where you can pick out your fish and you can take it home and there's a meat counter there and he's going to bring in farmer's market vendors nearby to bring in people there's a lot of draw to that local element and i think that we'll continue to see farmer's markets continue to grow because people really like that in an age where amazon is you know in the corporate overlords and you know the amazon alexa kind of dehumanizing grocery i think that people are trying to find ways to find that again, and you'll see that at a farmer's market. Do we where they see can, the yeah. retail, the large retailers picking any of that up and trying to do more local things like at your Cub Foods or things like that? Absolutely, and I think if you're not doing that, you're sadly mistaken. I think that, you know, Cub Foods is definitely trying to do that. You, you'll see it every grocery, or like they'll put on the label, like, sourced from this farm in Minnesota, or we got this meat from this farmer. And this is kind of going off to Target, but Target's really trying to play up the produce and the freshness there. This isn't necessarily grocery, but I know they have some food products where in a few select new Target stores, they've unveiled this new section where it's made in Minnesota. I know that there's a there's there's popcorn there. There's like candy that's it's made here in Minnesota. So definitely the big chains, they're trying to pick up on that. I think certainly farmers markets have more of a draw compared to a Target or Whole Foods for that. But they're certainly trying to do all they can. Sure. I have a hand over there, but did you have a question you wanted to or do? You want to... Okay. I'll go over here. Thanks. Yeah. So a lot of your discussion has been about these big store retailers in the Twin Cities metro area uh, recreating this authenticity and offering products at you know higher level of experience in the metro area. But perhaps maybe you'd speak about... Um, development and prospects of independently owned grocers out in greater Minnesota, in western Minnesota, you know, areas that are quite distant from microeconomic centers like St. Cloud and Mankato and kind of smaller towns under 5,000 population. So, so forgive me, are you talking about the St. Clouds or are you talking about really small towns? Yeah, like, like really small Really small towns, and, okay. Yeah. yeah. As in just general prospects. Those would actually be the ones that I would be more concerned about. I mean, we're seeing small towns really kind of struggle with their growth. This is a little bit outside of my coverage for the most part, but... The, the the key for local grocers, at least in the Twin Cities, is that, like, well, there's a big population here, and they have that element of choice, and they can kind of go around. And I, I think local grocers that have that local element or, you know, that shop local, they're, they're going to do just fine here in the Twin Cities. 
I think in greater Minnesota or outside of big population centers like the St. Clouds, the Winotas, and the Duluths, we're kind of just seeing a general decline in small towns that's really impacting the small town grocers. And you're seeing big chains like Walmart's a big one that targets in there. Of course, they're a huge grocer. I didn't realize that until I started covering retail that Walmart, if they open up close to a small town, I mean, these really small grocers or these independents, they have a hard time competing with Walmart's. Target could be an example too. Usually it's Walmart. And if High V continues, I know in southern Minnesota, before High V got to the Twin Cities, that's a big case too, where they could then all of a sudden High V's there and these small market or these small independent grocers, they can't compete. So I think that we're going to they're going to continue, I believe, to struggle as these bigger chains grow and expand into more rural areas. If you're in the Twin Cities and you're independent and you're able to emphasize that, I think you'll do just fine. And we're seeing. Do you, I, I mean, just to push on that, do you think that because there are a, a few. We were talking before the show about, like, I used to live in Longfellow, and there's the Longfellow Market, which is just seemingly an independent, like, one man had a dream to open a grocer <laughs> on Lake Street. And, uh, and he did, and I've always thought, like, well, that's a weird dream, and I, I don't know how that will work out for him. I think, I think, again, independent grocers, if they can really connect with the community in some sort of way, and really highlight local. If you're just going to be a local grocer and you're going to offer the same things that you can find at a Target or whatever, not have any sort of exciting experiential or local factor, then you're, you're going to struggle. But if you can have some sort of draw to your store where you're like the mod pa shop that has like these special locally made honeys or something, then you'll do just fine. Okay. I got a question up here and then I... So with the high V's and after kind of the opening bells and whistles, razzle dazzle, how many people just revert going to their local grocer and what's closest to them? I think the biggest factor of which grocery store somebody will go to is what's closest to them, at least for me and most of the people that I talk with. But um, high V, I don't want to speak for high V. I don't have their store numbers or privately held company in terms of traffic. But I think that a lot of the, you know, the hype around high V has been it's the new player in town. And, you know, I talk with people, everybody wants to go to Hy-Vee, not because it's like, you know, they have like a bunch of, you know, unique products per se, but because it's the new store in town and it's something different to check out. I think that they'll do fine in terms of, um, you know, their wide product selection. But I think that in general, what I've noticed is that people might shop at Hy-Vee and check it out and be like, oh, that was pretty cool. Let me go back to the grocer that's closest to me or the one I'm most used to or, you know, the one that's offering the best deals at the time and kind of tweak my shopping at that point. Are we see- I, I, I'm going to come right – I have one here and one there, but uh, are people's actual shopping habits changing? We talked a little bit about the convenience piece or whatnot, but, uh, you know, are, are people – you know, going to different stores in one shopping trip. You know, you mentioned, like, going to Target four times in a weekend. I mean, is that different than it used to be, or is it, that just a continuation? Or I think the price point's always been important, but I think that um, I think that we're seeing it become... Deals are becoming increasingly important, though. I would definitely feel safe saying that. Target's an example where they've put a lot of... They, they've made a big capital investment into their stores, making a lot of them look better. But also what they're doing with that... In the, they're lowering the prices on their groceries to try to compete with everybody else. It's, 
I think why Aldi is so attractive to a lot of people here. It's yeah. not a local grocery. It doesn't have that draw. It's the price point. And I think that people are looking for the best deal. And I think that's why you hear from a lot of people who are really into grocery shopping or really big bargain hunters. You might hear like, oh, I got my Cub coupons. Cub is known for like their coupon deals. I go to Cub for that. And I go to Fresh Time and I get my produce because it's really cheap there. And then I go to Aldi and I just got my meat from on sale. And then Target had a coupon. You're seeing a lot of people kind of mix and match too. There's certainly a population that's just looking for the best deal and where they can get that. Okay. Uh, hi. So um, hi. It, in, in Australia, we only, for the whole country, 25 million, we only have two major grocery chains. And um, what I've noticed about America is not only do you have so many different chains, but you can also buy groceries just about everywhere. Like, you know, you brought up that shoe shop example, but I find it weird that you can buy groceries the same place you buy medicine. And um, I, I'm just wondering, what is it about America that makes it so viable to have groceries Everywhere. <laughs> this is so great. This yeah. is our first international question. That, that's, of the really, night. Yeah. <laughs> that's really That's really I think it has to do with convenience. I'm I'm gonna go back to Target again. But you know, Target wants to in an ideal world, Target would like to be the one place, you know, that's not gonna be the case, but Target would like to be the one place where you do all your shopping. But at the same time, I think Target's realistic and they know that a shopper like me is going to go to Target like, oh, I need to buy like, I don't know, a couple workout shirts or I need a new pair of shoes or something. And then while you're there and you're like, oh, crap, I ran out of bananas and coffee. Let me go get that and I'll fill out my cart with a couple grocery items. I think it really plays into convenience here. I've never been to Australia. I don't know too much about the Australia market. Can but, I ask about the yeah. Australia? So is it like you have like a grocery store and like that that's like it's just for the grocery store and then like everything i don't know can you just describe so, so we have target in australia they yeah. only sell clothes and appliances um oh, really not, but no grocery there no no oh they have that you can buy some candy or what we call them loll- lollies in australia. <laughs> but um i'm learning so <laughs> much here today um yeah uh, so it's um yeah ba- basically it's things are a bit more specialized but not a lot more but we're such very similar countries. We like convenience over there just as much as you all do here. So is there anything economically about the U.S. that just, you know, why people want to buy a packet of crisps, I'm sorry, chips everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, besides convenience, and of course, yes, that's a good point that it's important everywhere. I think uh, going back to the big store chains like the Walmarts and Targets where you can get everything all at once, the reason that... Target really likes grocery is because that's foot traffic for them. Target gets about 20% of their sales from grocery and overall, but they want, you know, in the future, I think that they know that that's a dependable customer. If they're going to Target for their grocery shopping, they're going to go to the store and then they'll probably buy their other items while they're at Target. I know specifically that Target and probably big box stores in general really like the grocery element because, hey, it brings people into our stores and we just so happen to have all the other stuff that you need. Why not shop here and get everything else? So I, I want to follow up because there was the story a year or so ago about Target trying to expand in Canada and having really hard time with their supply chain and whatnot. And I'm wondering if maybe that's part of why maybe in some places they do this and some places they don't. They're just like, and we haven't talked a whole lot about the supply chain here, but it's just sort of like, you know, where can you get fresh produce to and, and some of these grocery items to? Well, I will say that supply chain is incredibly, and there's no quicker way to lose a customer than if they go to a store and they want like fish and they want some vegetables. And if you're out of something and then they have to leave and go somewhere else, 
I mean, you could lose a customer for forever at that point because then Target is trying to battle this conception or this idea that, you know, it, it battled supply chain difficulties in Canada and here locally for quite some time. In fact, some could still easily say that it's still dealing with that where you go to Target and, you know, your, your favorite brand of body wash and oatmeal or whatever, it happens to be out of stock. It's important to make sure that you have that, and it's very—it's a tricky balance because Target. I think it was about a year ago where Target was doing grocery, and their big struggle was that when they would have fresh produce, not a lot of people were buying it, and then the food would spoil, and then they were taking a big loss on it. So you have to find that balance between making sure yeah. you have the stock, and if you're not just taking a huge loss in the food that's spoiling. Okay, I had one right here. Um, so I want to ask about the the co-ops, and yeah. a few of them were considering a merger. Uh, two co-ops chose to merge together, uh, The Wedge and Linden Hills. And Eastside Co-op in Northeast decided not to participate um, w because of a member vote. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Uh, if, that, if it was a good idea to merge or if it was a good idea to stay independent. I can only speak to so much to that. My expertise is mostly with the, the bigger grocers, but I imagine that the merger could be an effort to combine resources. A couple of reasons for that could be, you know, labor and a shortage with that, and also the growing competition, I think, from the big players. I think that co-ops are going to do just fine because of that community element, but I think at the same time, some of them might be looking at one another saying, is there any way for us to work together in order to, you know, make ourselves stand out and make ourselves more available in certain areas in town and make sure that we have that accessibility? I could see that being a big motivation for any potential mergers of co-ops in the future. So I want to ask, with the time we have left, uh, we, it seems like it's a very exciting moment in uh, grocery stores. What, what are you looking forward to? Or like, what are the things that you're sort of anticipating or uh, you're, you're imagining like this is going to be like the next chapter? This will be chapter two of my book, Grocery Stores in the Twin Cities. All right, let me clarify and say I'm not looking forward to this, but definitely something that I'm keeping an eye on in the future is, of course, Cub Foods. Cup Foods is what it was a big player. It's still a big player, but the, all eyes have been on Cup Foods. I think for years now, and if they're going to be acquired by somebody else, um, Cup Foods. If you don't know, it's a, it's owned and operated Eden or yeah Eden Prairie based Super Value owns Cup Foods, and it's kind of slowly been selling off its retail chains. Last year, it sold off Save a Lot, and I think Cup Foods. It's the biggest retail brand that it has. Super Value also has a big wholesale business, and then it kind of has a small retail operation. So all eyes are kind of on Super Value CEO. Like, are you interested in selling Cub Foods? Is that going to be it? And are you going to just become a wholesale company? And he kind of flip-flops like every other week that we would cover it. He'd tell like a group of investors, like all options are on the table. And then the next week he'd say, we're not selling Cub Foods. We're not interested. We're actually investing money into Cub Foods. We're putting all this money to make them look nice and compete. I think that, you know, in talking with all the experts, that Cub Foods could be the next big player to watch to either be acquired by... Kroger's, of course, the big player based out in Cincinnati. If they want to get into this market, would they do something splashy like that? That's been speculated for years, though. It hasn't happened yet. That's something that I would certainly keep an eye on. Of course, Lidl, the European discount chain that hasn't made it here, are they going to be in the Minnesota area? Lidl. Lidl, Lidl, whatever. Lidl. Are they going to... I think it's a matter of time. I think it's probably still two, three years down the road because they've just started opening up in the East Coast. They're slowly moving around. And I think there's been reports that it's a little bit more challenging for them than they first thought. I think the Wall Street Journal did a nice piece about Lidl actually not being as splashy as it once thought it could be on the East Coast. So, But I think it's going to come here eventually. So uh, it's, it's, you know, a funeral and a 
birth or something like that uh, in the grocery store market. I look at it as like the economy is obviously really great, right? It's on the upswing. Things are going fine right now. If the economy were to, you know, heaven forbid, take a downturn, I mean, it kind of always does. Then what's the player? You know, there, there's so much. There's so many grocery stores right now, and you know, if all of a sudden people have a loss of income and spending power, who's going to be the domino to fall? I mean, there's so many players. I mean, it just seems like there's almost too many. And if you and you're Lidl, then like, I mean, there's there's it's it's a matter of time. All right. Oh, now I feel like we have to see Game of Thrones grocery store edition. Uh, on that note, please a tremendous round of applause, Dan Debon. Thank you for listening. This show was recorded live at the Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. If you'd like to attend one of our live shows or are interested in working with us on an issue you're passionate about, you can find out more information on our website at www.t2p2.net and on Facebook and Twitter. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it. Thanks.